Would you stand with me for the reading of our text this morning? Our theme is encouragement. <coughs> Hebrews 10, 23, and 25. Let's read it together. Let us hold firmly to the hope that we have confessed because we can trust God to do what he promised. Let us think about each other and help each other show do good deeds. You should not stay away from the church meetings as some are doing, but you should meet together and encourage each other. Do this even more as you see the day coming. The word of God for the people of God. You may take your seats. You know, this world is especially hard on believers. Elijah, Jonah, and Job were at times suicidal. Paul, Jeremiah, Jesus himself all had to deal with the sorrow of watching people destroy themselves, reject God, and reject his truth. We all need encouragement. Today's message on encouragement is intended to strengthen you and give you hope and help you become an encourager. Because the truth is, sometimes we need a little help, a little motivation to do what we know is right, to stand up for what we believe in, and to spread his word throughout the whole world. We each need to be encouraged. Encouragement is awesome. It can actually change the course of another person's day, week, or life. And even, I need encouragement myself to do what I know is right and what I've committed myself to do. But sometimes, if you're like me, sometimes your resolve gets weakened a little bit. Last week, I was going through my paces at the pool, and I have my regular routine where I swim and, and go up and down. And, and uh, frankly, it gets boring. But, you know, I do it. And uh, there's another gal there. She has her routine. Her name is Sylvia. And she does yoga in the water, and I do my stuff. And then, um, now there's two kinds of people in the pool. They're, they're the swimmers who go uh, vertical, and then they're the walkers who go horizontal. And so um, I noticed that when some of the horizontal walkers start, and she was swimming, when she'd get close to an intersection, she would just go beep, beep. <laughs> go beep, beep. And so I thought that was kind of cool. So I just started, whenever I'd see her, Sylvia, I'd say, Sylvia, beep, beep. And then she'd beep, beep back to me. And so that was kind of <laughs> a cute thing. So one day last week, I was finishing my lengthwise. And I, was, I finished out my routine by doing some walking backwards and sideways. And, so. and so we were coming to that place where we might intersect. And she turned and looked at me. And she said, come in close. And as we got close, she got it to me with this big grin on her face. She goes, Henry. I say, now here's what happened. I was in my last quarter of my workout, but it was kind of boring. And I said, eh, you know, I usually do 40 minutes. I'm going to do 25 today. And, you know, just cut it short. But anyway, so we're coming to, she says, come close. I get close enough. She says, Henry, I say beep beep to you because only to you because you are so special. Aww. I went, yeah. We, the biggest, both of us smiled as she went on her way and I thought to myself, yeah, I am special. <laughs> yeah, I'm the man. <laughs> and uh, instead of quitting, I put 20 more minutes in. <laughs> you know, sometimes 
We all need encouragement. I don't care who you are, where you come from, where you're at in life. Everybody, or like, uh, who's our theologian I like to quote? Charles Barkley. Everybody needs encouragement. So she encouraged me. Now, you know what? Correction does much, but encouragement does even more. When someone encourages you, that person helps you over a threshold that you might otherwise never have crossed on your own. So I'm going to use an outline, three points here, to talk about encouragement from this text. Number one, hold firm our hope. Everybody say that with me. Hold firm our hope. And then number two, encourage one another. And then number three, assemble together, all based on, on Hebrews 10. Now, hold firm our hope. Number one, at the time of the writing of Hebrews, there was a life-threatening persecution. That's what was happening. And, you know, sometimes when you're in trying times like that, the tendency is kind of like, well, you know, everybody go for themselves and let's not make any waves here to each his own. But the book of Hebrews encourages us to encourage one another. Someone wrote, Encouragement is the kind of expression that helps someone want to be a better Christian even when life is rough. Amen, Emily. Is that Emily back there? Life can be rough, but to encourage is actually to put courage in. And Hebrew commands us to encourage one another daily, as long as it is called today. The word encourage is in the present tense, and it means or indicates a habit or a way of life. It's also in the active voice. It means we don't wait for others to encourage us, but we encourage others. Even if someone won't or they can't or will not, we still encourage. Hebrews 3.12 says, See to it, brothers, that none of you has a sinful, unbelieving heart that turns away from the living God, but encourage one another daily. Everybody shout out, encourage. encourage. Do it daily as long as it is called today so that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. See, when a person is discouraged, they can fall into sin, to bitterness, to depression, to all kind of things that leads them even falling away from the faith because of discouragement. Who knows, though, that a word from you, a word of encouragement, can turn the tide. Someone wrote, people live by encouragement. Without it, they die slowly, sadly, bitterly. The exhortation in verse 23 of chapter 10 is to hold fast our creed. Let's hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering. For he who promised is faithful. Everybody say, God is faithful. Oh, you can take that to the bank. We never should lose our grip on the confession of who God is. Confess publicly. Amen. Yes. <laughs> Jesus is God's unique son, that he died on the cross for our sins, that he received the punishment we deserved and purchased our pardon from sins and held by his shed blood, that he rose again conquering sin, death, and the grave, and that he ascended back into heaven, and that he is coming again for his own. That is the gospel, and we need to confess it and believe it and hold on to it. Can I say an amen and join Emily with that amen? Amen. amen. Now, cynical voices try to erode our faith. Materialistic voices get us too busy for God. 
The events of life seem to conspire to shake our faith. But we who confess our faith or to persevere, give a constant confession. I mean, has God ever failed us? Is God not faithful to his people and to his promises for all who draw near in faith? Let us hold fast to the confession. We must not bend or yield to the winds of pressure that blow us from a seductive yet hostile world. Even if things have become difficult at the moment, we may feel there is little reason for keeping on. But the one who made the promise is what? He's faithful. And you say faithful. The tragedies of today will become the triumphs of tomorrow. I don't care what's going on in your life. We know Romans 8, 28, for we know that all things working together for good. And even in the midst of the trial and the difficulty and the hardness and the hurt, God will come through and turn that thing around, flip that script, turn that tragedy into triumph, and we'll see the hand of God at work, and we'll all stand back and say, look at God. He certainly is faithful. Mm. So number one, hold on to our faith. Number two, encourage one another. Sometimes just a simple touch is an encouragement. Touch that person next to you right now and say, this is an encouraging touch. This is an encouraging touch. Kathy, did you touch Denise? You did? Okay, There we go. All right. That's it. Now, verse 24 and 25 gives us two more exhortations exhorts us to put our mind to the task of assisting others in their Christian life. And then it says, let us think about each other. Another version says, stimulate one another to love. Another version says, spur one another to love and good deeds. Let us think about. In other words, to observe attentively or understand, fix one's eyes or mind upon, in short, how we can encourage. It's not accidental, but it's intentional. I love the way the message translation puts it. Listen to this. It says this. Let's see how inventive we can be. How creative. Creative ways to encourage each other. Now, church can be a great place to get caught up. You know, we come in and find out what was the latest scores and, and what happened at home and how's your health. And to give each other a handshake and a pat on the back and how the kids, how the grandkids and you know, different. That's great. That's great. But fellowship is more than that. Christian fellowship takes place when we offer encouragement by praying and confessing our sins and weaknesses to one another. These are the elements that make fellowship genuine. But what about our church? Are we merely socializing or are we practicing true Christian fellowship that builds us up and binds us together? Now, everybody who can, I want you to stand right now. And here's the challenge I'm going to ask you. You say, oh, Pastor Henry, here you go again. <laughs> but I'm going to ask you to get into groups of three, no more than four. And I want you to consider the three words in your outline. Lift up, build up, and brighten up. Lift up, build up, and brighten up. And I want you to consider how you can creatively, and I want you to be thinking about somebody maybe right here or in your family or in your circle of relationships. Think about yourself, too. In other words, how do you like to be lifted up? How do you like to be built up? How do you like your day to be brightened up? And maybe somebody else. So here's what I want you to do. You, can, you only have 89.2 seconds to do this. <laughs> so get in a group of three and come up with a couple of inventive ways, maybe two things for each 
area or lift up or build up or brighten up and um, have somebody be, be the spokesperson and just make some mental notes so you can write them down. And then maybe a couple of us can share some of the creative, inventive ideas we've come up with on how. Now, you can't do it with the person you came to church with. So the first thing you have to do is go over to somebody you don't know their name, get their name, and then share. And you have 89.6 seconds to do this. Go. Move out. Okay. All right, we're done. Who would like to come up and share a couple of ideas that you came up with? Just come on up here and tell us your name. Whose hand? Okay, I see a hand back there. Is that Sandy? Terry, come on up. We have two ladies. Is there a man in the house who's bold enough to come up here? Oh. Okay, good. Okay. Uh, let's see. To, to build up. Hello. We are watching you. Have a seat. We got one guy. We got one guy. Woo! Yes. From each group. No, they don't have to be from every group, but yeah. that's a, that's oh, cool. All right. So one of the things we were talking about was to build up. Um, as an example, we've had a number of our young people going off on short-term and long-term mission projects, and building them up, being encouraging praying for them, um, being financially supportive to them, coming up and giving them a hug and saying, hey, you know, this, I think this is a great job that you're either doing or have done, and just letting them know that because they're stepping out, you're stepping out with them, partnering with them, building them up. Very good. Thank you, Terry. I guess that's what I get for standing behind Terry, huh? Um, <laughs> so our little group decided that... Um, Flowers just randomly, you know, be it one or a bunch, just to say, hey, I want to brighten your day, and I was thinking of you. Um, hugs, we decided, are always free, easy to give, very connective. And then the other thing we said is words of encouragement or how can I pray for you today? Is there a need that you have that I can address to God for you? So. Amen. Very good. Thank you, Jimmy. I was thinking Wait, of tell us your name. Oh, Sandra. <laughs> I was thinking of more things to make the church money. I think I um, like a chili cook-off, something like that, uh, bake-off. You know, I don't home bake, and I like cookies, and I would buy cookies every Sunday <laughs> if I had them out there. My husband likes cookies, too. <laughs> We'd probably be fighting over them. But uh, um, I thought our swap meet... Another swap meet would really be good. That brings people in, too. And uh, welcome, people welcome, you know, big uh, signs. I have lots of junk all over the house, so there's a lot of stuff I could get rid of. Uh, um, and maybe uh, on Saturday or something uh, uh, for us to come and clean up the church so we don't have to hire any janitors or anything like that. Um, I thought anybody that has used instruments, I have a lot of used instruments that, that you know, that could go to the children so they could have their own little band, you know. Good ideas. Okay, just keep them to two now. Cause we okay. Okay. <laughs> okay, so my idea was, um, oh, okay. <laughs> 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 um, 
My idea was that I'd have sticky notes or like, I don't know, maybe a piece of paper with tape on it. And I'd write like encouraging messages on it, like, you're awesome. And then like stick it on people and like run away and be like, ha ha ha. And then they'd expect it to say like, kick me or like, I'm stupid. But then they'd read it and be like, I'm awesome. And be like, yeah. That was my idea. <laughs> Very nice. Very nice. I actually have like this game and a group of people go in a circle and each person um, says a compliment to that individual person and it goes in this pattern and so on and so forth. So it's just like they go in a circle and then one person says one good thing about each person and just goes into this pattern. So yeah, it's just like words of encouragement from all around. And it could be like, the, the fun part about it is that it, they could be like complete strangers and they can just like compliment each other about what they like about them and like lift them up and everything. Uh, hi everybody, I'm Ryan. If you don't know it. Hi, yeah. Um, uh, definitely encouragement is important. And uh, everybody needs it. I've always gotten encouraged in my life. I've never been discouraged by anybody. So I'm blessed. And because of that, I've been, I've been pretty successful, you know. So that's always helped me. And I think encouragement is important. One of the ways to encourage people is to admire somebody's attributes. Just by looking at them. Just point out, hey, I love your hair, Zoe. Love it, Pastor Henry. I love your voice. Mm-hmm. I love the fact that you're exercising and swimming. I love all your voices. Oh my gosh, beautiful. Um, another thing to do is hugs. Definitely hugs. Hugs lower blood pressure. Scientifically proven. <laughs> Scientifically proven. All right. Um, also, smiles. Smiles don't require any words. Okay, just two things. Just two. And uh, yeah, sorry. <laughs> smiles don't require any words, and they're great. Yeah, uh, we came up. Oh, yeah, my, I'm Daniel. How's it going? <laughs> it's like uh, the two things that we came up with is uh, the way to uh, lift up is say like a positive email, you know, to send someone a loving, positive email. Hey, by the way, I know you and I, and I, and I love you. I think the world loves you and God's, and God's eyes upon you. It's a beautiful thing. And then to build up, it's to make a point to motivate those around you. I'm Cecilia. Oh, she was. Oh. <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> um, I think, I'll just say one. I think it was a good one, and it came from Jan. Um, a pay it forward program. Example, she was at a drugstore. There was an, um, someone there that wanted to get some vitamins, didn't have enough money, but it was buy one, get one free. She bought it and gave it away and told her to pay it forward at some point in the future. Excellent. Thank you, Cecilia. I would add to the encouragement. Um, Ed just shared with us. Uh, Dave and I were in the same group with Ed, and he was specific in his encouragement. He just didn't say, oh, you're great, have a great day, but in the same way, um, recognizing attributes. Thank you for what you do at our council meeting, a specific act recognizing that person. I'm Karan. Hi. And um, in our group, we were asking what was encouraging to us, and all three of us said that words of encouragement. And so to kind of elaborate on what we talked about, I would say how often, and I'm looking for hands, how often do you all out there think of someone during your day? Okay. Keep your hands up. Now put your 
keep your hand up if you actually act on that and you make a phone call or you send an email or a text message or a card. Oops. Yay, okay, yay, yay. So I'm going to put my hand down because I don't always. And that would be mine. It's just, I mean, there's so many people that go through our minds throughout a day. Um, and let's be actors on those, because I believe God puts those people into our minds as we're going through the day and send words of encouragement to those people. This is Emily, and I'm Emily's mommy, because that's my name now. I'm Emily's mommy. Um, <laughs> and one of the things that came up in our group um, was the meals ministry here. Um, I know that when I got put on emergency bed rest before I had her, um, the church jumped in, and thank you, Laura. Laura, are you still in charge of that? Wave your hand. That's Laura. She's in charge of meals ministry here. Um, and that was the biggest encouragement for me to know that when I was not sleeping and I was not able to really do anything or anything like that, that we would have dinner. Um, and then after she was born, we had dinner. Huh. And now that she's older, we're, you know, doing it ourselves, actually. And we went and um, we delivered for meals ministry as well. And so we gave back into that as well. And so it was a big encouragement for me. I don't know if anybody here has, um, has been participating in that or not, but I really encourage you to do that. What she wants to say, sir. What you want to say? She wants to eat it. Well, I waited to see Your what name? other people said. I'm Jan. Because uh, I didn't want to copy anybody else's, even if that was what we discussed. But I think giving anybody a compliment, no matter what, always makes them feel good. And secondly, I think asking their opinion always uh, kind of strokes their ego. And third, for the older... <laughs> For the older people who sometimes don't feel needed, just something small. Like if my daughter asks me to sew on a button, and I know she can, she makes me feel needed. So just something small like that. Ask somebody to do something small that you know you could do, but just to make them feel good. Thank you. Wow. These are great suggestions. So you just made me edit out about 50% of what I was going to say. Because you just said it. Let me go to the third thing. Hold fast your confession. Encourage each other. And then assemble together. 25 teaches that stimulating and urging is to include the getting of people together in worship. Not forsaking our own assembling together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. Now, you know, church going has fallen on difficult times lately. And the fact is, many professing Christians don't believe you need to go to church. It's not that important. They think they can be perfectly good Christians without being a part of a local congregation. God disagrees. For one thing, our own spiritual welfare is not to be our only concern. We go to church not just to get, but to give. To spur on other Christians to love and good deeds. If we stay away, we might just be giving that person an excuse to be careless. On the other hand, if we attend with enthusiasm, we encourage other believers in their ambition to draw near to Christ. If we are faithful meeting together with them, we will honor the Lord and grow in our faith and give a strong witness to the world. Now, the Christian faith allows no room for rugged individualists you have to have a fire, you need more than one coal. You also need a spark and a draft of air. Catch this. One humble, 
open, involved individual, perhaps you, set on fire by Christ, can be the spark. And the Holy Spirit, the breath of God, may blow on that spark and set a congregation ablaze because of you. Mm. Now, truthfully, sometimes our hearts get cold. Fellowship can kindle warmth and make our witness bold. I read an article some time ago and it likened the Christian without a church to a student who won't go to school, a soldier without an army, a citizen who won't vote, a seaman without a ship, uh, Ed Hess without a corny joke. A child without a family, a drummer without a band, a ball player without a team, a honeybee without a hive. Don't neglect one of God's greatest provisions for your spiritual growth. Get into God's word and start attending church faithfully. Remember, seven days without church makes one week. W-E-A-K. Worship is the event in which we become radioactive for God. We're not in the collective worship with God's people. We have missed an experience to God and have missed it. We lose our radiance. A chief of radiology at the National Institute of Health received a new cyclotron for making radioactive elements that be, could be used to create radioactive isotopes used in diagnostic scanning equipment or in radiation therapy. Some of the elements have such a short half-life of radioactivity that they must be used within a few minutes of their production. The cyclotron and the patient must be in close proximity to one another. We Christians are like short-lived radioactive isotopes. We have a very short half-life. Get us away from the worship of God with other saints and our radioactivity dissipates quickly and we lose our effective radiance. Christ is the radiance of God and we must constantly be in a worshiping relationship with him and with other Christians. Now, we usually use this verse about don't forget about assembling together to guilt people into coming to church. But notice the clause but or and in there. You see, it says, let us not give up meeting together and let us encourage one another. That means if you are faithful in attending church, but you're not encouraging, you're not completing or fulfilling the full extent of the verse. You not only come so you can grow, but you come so you can put courage in, so you can encourage the, per the, uh, encourage the person next to you. Have you ever wondered why Canadian geese fly into the V formation? And we're going to end with this. And it's in your notes. But for years, specialists in aerodynamics wondered the same thing. Two engineers calibrated in a wind tunnel what happens in such a V formation. Each goose, in flapping his wings, creates an upward lift for the goose that follows. When all the geese do their part in the V formation, the whole flock, catch this, has a 71% greater flying range than if each bird flew alone. Wow. 
Each depends on the other to get to its destination. Let me give you five lessons on the benefits on encouragement we can learn from geese. Number one, people who share a common direction and sense of community can get where they are going quicker and easier because they are traveling on the thrust of one another. Fact number two, when a goose falls out of formation, it suddenly feels the drag and resistance of flying alone. It quickly moves back into formation to take advantage of the lifting power of the bird in front of it. Lesson two, if we have as much common sense as a goose, <laughs> we stay in formation with those headed where we want to go. We are willing to accept their help and give our help to others. Somebody say amen. amen. Fact number three, when the lead goose tires, it rotates back into the formation and another goose flies to the point position. Lesson three, it pays to take turns doing the hard task and sharing leadership as with geese People are interdependent on each other's skills, capabilities, and unique arrangements of gifts, talents, or resources. Fact four, geese flying in formation honk to encourage those up front to keep up their speed. <laughs> Lesson number four, we need to make sure our honking is encouraging. Can I get an amen? In groups where there is encouragement, the production is much greater. The power of encouragement to stand by one's heart or core values and encourage the heart and core of others is the quality of honking we need. Fact. <laughs> Come on, let me hear it. Honk, honk. <laughs> when a goose gets sick, wounded, or shot down, two geese drop out of formation and follow us down to protect it. They stay with it until it dies or is able to fly again. Then they launch out with another formation or catch up with the flock. Lesson five, if we have as much sense as geese, we will stand by each other in difficult times as well as when we are strong. I need you. You need me. We're all a part of God's family and body. It is his will that every need should be You need me. Together, we can flip the script on the devil and see the glory of God released first in my life and in your life, in this church and in this community. Can I get an amen? amen. Stand to your feet. Stand to your feet and give the Lord a hand praise right now. Glory to God. Hallelujah.